Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Here's Toby C. Wow. Welcome back. Or if you're just joining us, we're here with Austin W. Hi, Austin. Good to be here. How are you doing, Toby? So good to see you. Yeah. And uh, boy, we're having a lot of fun talking about our show's theme, which is evil resistance that we all encounter in early periods of recovery. Recovery from anything I happen to be a drunk and a junkie, <laughs> um, but you can. This show can appeal to anybody who acts out with extreme behavior to the extent that our lives become unmanageable. Right? Mm, yeah, that's the deal. And and why do we go to uh, rehab and recovery centers to learn how to make our lives manageable? Yeah, and. There's something out there in the universe, this dark, paranormal energy, negative energy, that's just hell-bent on keeping us insane. Yeah. How about that? Keeping you down. Keeping you down. And uh, and that's what we're going to talk about. Oh, man, Austin, you, the last hour we really hit on some, some heavy, heavy uh, paranormal uh, experiences in sober living. Unbelievable. And, um, you know, and the hits keep coming. I'll tell you, in recovery, one of the fruits that I experienced was um, I calmed down and I was able to open my mind. And when I opened my mind, I was able to witness and experience and be aware of all the kind of evil that's around me. Absolutely. It was, it was always there. Yeah. I just wasn't in a state where I could be uh, receptive to it. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So, Tell us about some more experiences in, in sober living. I like this this um, this topic a little bit for our, our show right now. Did you have any did you have any other paranormal experiences in sober living? I love paranormal, okay? Maybe you didn't see a ghost. Right. Maybe the bed didn't levitate. Yeah. Um, but there was an alien that was present, wasn't there? Absolutely. Oh. Well, I've been in a number of sober livings, um, and it's funny how, uh, you know, the vibe is different in each and every one of them. Some of it has to do with the people that are there. Some of it has to do with the house. You know, a lot of it has to do with where each person is uh, on their journey in recovery at that point. Um, but I've certainly had some weird, you know, uh, I was in a sort of a, it was a 12-step immersion program, uh, kind of like a halfway house. It was way out. Uh, it was in South Carolina, out in the middle of a bunch of cornfields, and um, it was a you know it was a guy's house. So there was about twelve you know anywhere between eight to twelve guys there at any one time, and um, you know our focus there was there was a sponsor who would take everybody through the steps, and you know your entire focus is obviously to recover and um, to get through the steps and you know reconnect with your higher power. Um, but you know there were. Uh, some pretty weird things that happened at different points while I was there. At one point I had a roommate who was a, um, 
he was, I guess you call him a, a, I don't know, a Luciferian, you know, a, a devil worshiper. Yeah, devil worshiper. Okay. And he was, a, he was a cool guy. He was a nice guy. Uh, he couldn't really get a grip on why he wasn't recovering, um, which I thought was, you know, uh, somewhat obvious at that point, um, just based on, uh, you know, his attitude and the whole Luciferian thing and, you know, just the, the energy that goes along with, uh, you know, riding with the devil, I guess. Um, but he used to read a satanic Bible in the room every night, you know, and he'd do his little prayers and he'd watch all kinds of crazy stuff on TV. Um, and one thing that I know, you know, I was there for four months. And when I first got there, you know, it was this great group of guys um, everyone was really moving in the right direction. You know, a bunch of guys graduated from the program were doing really well. And, you know, then the longer I was there and this guy was there with me the whole time. Um, and towards the end of my stay there, say the last month or so, um, you know, we had some new guys come in, but the whole vibe of the house really changed when he started, uh, you know, really focusing on this stuff and, you know, I don't know exactly what he was doing, what he was practicing. Um, but you know, there was, it was a different energy in the house at that point. Um, and it affected me, you know, I went from being in a position where, um, I wanted to continue to stay there so that I could continue to work with the guys coming through the house, um, you know, and be of service. Um, it affected, you know, the guy, uh, who I just told you about my sponsor, mm -hmm who was helping everybody through the steps. And it kind of turned into a house that last month where we weren't really doing any step work. Uh, everyone's just watching Netflix all day. No one's doing anything to make any progress. Everyone's a, so do you think that this, that this one man's um, practice of, 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 of worshiping Lucifer um, invited some real bad juju Absolutely. into the house? I think it invited some bad juju into the house. And then, you know, people went out, people relapsed, um, and there was no, you know, there was no, everyone in the house is kind of like, what the hell, man, this went from being like a sanctuary, which is what we called the place, um, to being, you know, people are coming in and out, it's a revolving door now, nobody's getting any serious work done, nobody's digging the vibe of the house, that camaraderie that you normally have with the guys recovering and laughing and telling stories and, you know, propping each other up and helping each other make progress, that all disappeared. Um, you know, just wow. within that last month. How interesting! I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest that, you know, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and in a lot of spiritual publications, um, the battle is really between self consciousness and God consciousness. Yeah, and um, they call it the bondage of self. Mm -hmm. They don't call it the bondage of Lucifer. They don't call it the bondage of Satan or the bondage of devil itself and and the antithesis of self is selflessness right and maybe this this man who was inviting evil into the house was inviting the demon of selfishness into the house i think so there and it is. It, yeah, that's one personal reflection that i had um, when thinking through that experience i went through uh i went from an attitude of service and you know a positive attitude of being really happy about why i was there being happy about the progress that i made and being you know from an attitude of willingness and wanting to stay there to continue to help other people to an attitude of is this really 
what I want to be doing right now. And then I started thinking about, man, all, it's, it's summertime now. Everyone's out on the boat. Everybody's having fun. I'm missing out on this. I'm missing out on that. Um, I, I need to get back on track all, and start making money. It all started this. creeping I, back everything in. Everything just kind of slammed back in mm -hmm. all at once. And yep. I did end up leaving, you know, about three weeks later. Um, and you had a terrible, terrible experience upon leaving. Tell absolutely. us about that. Um, so the day, well, I'll rewind a little bit. Um, the manager of the house was a great guy. Um, his job was to sponsor everybody and take everybody through the work um, and to kind of light that fire <clears throat> of recovery within everybody. And um, he certainly did it for me. He changed my entire perspective on, on addiction and on recovery and about what the whole point of this is. Um, and uh, he helped me make some really serious strides and um, that have you know, stuck with me to this day. And uh, the day, there was a bunch of stuff that kind of happened in that last month about uh, when my graduation from the program was supposed to be, and I was supposed to leave at this date, now I'm leaving here, now I'm leaving there. Um, and so we finally set a date for my graduation in the morning that my parents were set to come and pick me up, and I was supposed to graduate from the program. I, uh, I woke up to a text on my phone that said, hey, have you talked to so-and-so? Um, he was on the phone with so-and-so last night. This is your sponsor. This is my sponsor, correct. And uh, he said that he wasn't feeling very well. He's having, you know, something really weird was going on with him. And uh, so normally he's the first one awake in the house. And so I walked out. It's about 6.37 a.m. And he's not up. I went and knocked on his door. Nothing's happening. I went and woke up one of the other managers. I said, hey, Jacob's his, his door's locked, which it's never locked. And uh, he's not answering. And so then at this point now, everyone in the house is up. And um, the guy texted me and he said he said that he wanted someone to take him to the hospital last night. And so long story short, we we boosted one of the buddies up through the window and found him, you know, purple face down on his bed. And he had passed away early that in the early hours of that morning. And um, yeah, that was a huge blow to everyone in the house, obviously. It was um, huge. I mean, because he had changed everybody's life in that house up gradu to this point. Graduation day for you from sober living. Yeah, this is a this is a huge moment, and he was taken. Of course, we all want to know: was it natural causes or was this uh, uh, a slip into uh, his addictions? Well, no, it, it was natural causes. But, That's good. Yeah. But yeah, but so like I said, that last month a lot of funny stuff happened, and the whole energy of the wow. house. He had had a doctor's appointment earlier that month. Um, uh, you know, and the doctor said, you need to do this, you need to do that, start getting healthier. And, you know, there's some certain things that you need to do uh, for yourself after a life of abusing drugs and alcohol. Um, and that, that whole, you know, like I said, the whole energy of the house changed from being about progress, you know, in every area, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, to now everybody's just out on the back porch, smoking cigarettes, drinking energy drinks, not doing this, not doing that. And I think that that had a big effect on his health there towards the end. Wow. And um, that was a message. Absolutely. He left you a message at the very end. Happy graduation. Here's here's your final message yeah. from your mentor that yeah. life goes on and, and we're all going to die. Right. And he and I, you know, just the night or two before, you know, I had this big, deep conversation about how, you know, he's going to be there for me. He's going to be right there next to me. Anytime I need him, I can call him and we're going to continue this process of my recovery out in the real world. And, you know, he lit a fire under me. He's like, we're going to get this thing. You know, you're going to, you know, all that, you know, big motivational I love it. speech. I then, love it. I love it. And do you know what he was saying, Austin, when he was saying, 
we're going to get this thing. He was being a channel for God. Absolutely. You know, and God was loving on you and saying, you know, you're going to get this thing, Austin, okay? You know, you, if you really want to get better, you're going to get this thing. See, because no human power could can, can relieve our suffering. Right. Only God can and will mm-hmm. if he is sought. And, and, and perhaps maybe God was using your sponsor and your Absolutely. mentor at that moment 100%. To, to, to love on you and to give you some encouragement. And maybe his death at that last moment was a was a message, you know, that uh, we all die, you know, and yep. and uh, he died of natural causes. Yep. Maybe, you know, something that may have been brought on from years of drug and alcohol abuse, who knows, but, right. but still, um, but at least let's think that maybe he was sober when he passed. He absolutely was. And God was the cornerstone of my relationship with him. You know, he opened my eyes to what this program is all about. Um, and so I think you hit the nail right on the head with that. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. When we come back with our friend Austin W. on our show called The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. talking about the devil. I know you don't want to talk about that, but we're going to calmly and objectively talk about the antithesis of, of God and good and the things that keep us from, from succeeding, especially in early periods of our recovery. Stand by when we come back with Austin W. only here on The Fourth Dimension with your host, Toby C. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. We're back with Austin W. And we're talking about, uh, what do you think we're talking about? We're talking about the devil. We're talking about evil. We're talking about Satan. You know, we're talking about his old roommate at Sober Living, you know, who was worshiping uh, Lucifer. He was a Lucifer, what'd you call it? Luciferian. A Luciferian, man, yeah. okay. That's that's super secret uh, metaphor for he's just a selfish, self-centered son of a bitch. <laughs> and he was really, he was he was not God-centered, he was self-centered. Right. And you can say, oh, I'm devil-centered. Nah, you know, don't give yeah. the devil so much credit, man. You're just self-centered. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. He may, he may have been... He may have thought he was worshiping the devil. Yeah. Maybe he was really worshiping himself. Yeah, and I think the big problem was he couldn't escape from himself. Couldn't you know? escape from himself. The bondage of self. The bondage of self. Yeah. Man alive. Yeah, yeah. What was the theme that we were going to do for this segment? I was just uh, fulfilling purpose. I think. Yeah, fulfilling purpose. Wow. You know, we were just talking about that, and um, uh, how many of us come into recovery having an identity crisis? Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, when we're younger. I remember I came in in my, my mid-20s, and all my friends seemed to be settling down and getting married and yeah. having children. And yeah, buying getting, their first house right, and everybody's you know? getting and, their careers underway. And 
you had that experience oh, yeah. too it's happening right now i'm 26 years old everyone's right. getting married everyone's and having kids everyone's moving into their house getting their careers started and, and you've been in rehab how many like, times man yeah five times there now. you go yeah <laughs> talk about an identity crisis yeah. so so maybe maybe austin I'm not going to sit here and try to pontificate what your problem is, right? But maybe the problem was um, was this identity crisis. Yeah, there I, was a lot of confusion and bewilderment. What yeah. do you think? Were you just confused and all jacked up? Yeah, just lack of. I think the for me the big part of it was lack of purpose and lack of direction, which a lot of times comes from identity issues and not knowing, uh, you know, really who you are and what you want to pursue. Um, so I definitely went through a lot of that, and then you know this battle between ego and pride and you know which which you know personality am i running with you know because i feel like you develop two different you know there's the addict me and then there's me and then there's all these different uh you know characteristics and traits of each one that cross over into the other Mm -hmm. and it gets confusing it's like well you know how does it make you feel when you see your friends that you went to school with and grew up playing sports with and riding with and all this, that all of a sudden they're they're settling down, they're moving on with their life, and and you don't seem to be moving on with your life. How right. does that make you feel? Well, uh, and on one hand, I'm happy for them and I'm glad they're doing well, and on the other hand, it's like you know, damn, I'm I'm so far behind. Does you know, it, I've, I've does, missed out on so much, yeah. and there's so much that I still have to do, and it, it just it definitely puts you down. Perfect. You know? Thank you. Does it affect your self-esteem? Absolutely. And self-esteem is at is what is wrong with me? Yeah. There it is. Yeah. It's like I I I, I was better than him at baseball. I was better in school. This, that, and the other. Why am I not where he is right, right. now? He's got the job. He's got the he's girl. Got the job, he's got the, he's got the kids, girl. He's got the house. And I'm yeah. like, damn, man, that was. You know, we were right on the same track. So we were in the same class in college is. together, doing this, doing that. So, so what you're describing is you're describing a a a, a, a special blend of of anger and envy. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. And be careful what you ask for because you may, you may not want that wife yeah. and those kids Seriously. and that house and that responsibility. Right. You may may look back and say, "Man, I had a pretty good one. I was uh, running running and gunning solo and single." Oh yeah, no, there was some good times. I yeah, <laughs> and, and what we're talking about is 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 running and just not gunning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how often we want to keep gunning? We don't know how to run right without gun. Exactly. Right. Yeah. In fact, who wants that balance? In fact, who wants to run unless you got some gun? Exactly. Yeah. It's so the, fun in that. So something's telling us it ain't no fun to run unless you got some gun. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness. So this is all part of the the, the bewilderment and the confusion of of as we grow up and and uh, we evolve out of our adolescence and youth and and we we try to grow up and mature and find our destiny and our purpose in life. Yeah. And that's uh, and that uh, that's. That's eluding you mm-hmm. as it eluded me. I just outgrew it. I just got so so old. I said, yeah, screw it, man. I, I'm, I think know. that's kind of what's starting to happen with me now. But it's weird, you know, when especially, you know, we talked earlier about how when you're young in recovery, how that can be difficult. And, you know, making the transition from, you know, adolescence into adulthood when during that entire typical transition period, you've been running and gunning, you know, all of a sudden you go from, 19 years old 
And now all of a sudden you wake up and you're 26 years old and that entire space in between has just been running and gunning, you know, not mm-hmm. growing, not maturing into adulthood. You know, you all of that stuff kind of gets left behind. So now you're picking up right here at 26 years old where you were at 19 years old. And now you have to start that process of of growth and catching up. And it's mm-hmm. it's just something I've, I've, I've put a lot of thought into. It's interesting. So purpose. Right. You know, what is our purpose? Um, we're both members of the 12-step program, and, and when we come back, we're going to talk about purpose. But I read in this book that maybe, just maybe, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and those about us. Absolutely. How about that? Wow. All right, we're going to continue with our friend Austin W., only here on The Fourth Dimension. I'm your host, Toby C., talking about evil and Satan and the devil and getting in the way of of us being happy, joyous, and free. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Stand by. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right. We're here with Austin. Young Austin. He's he's turned what, 26? 26. Wow. And um, you've seen a lot of young people in and out of recovery, some succeeding, most not succeeding. Yeah. I was there in early recovery, and um, you know, in, and I was very young when I first came in yeah. to try to overcome uh, drugs and alcohol, abuse and addiction. And, and the, the idea is it's about purpose. A lot of, we agree that so many of us come into recovery suffering from an identity crisis. What is really our purpose? What do you want from me? You know, what's the point? Right. What's the point? And uh, and if you stick around the 12-step program long enough, you're going to hear them read chapter five, how it works, every meeting. It's a very mm-hmm. popular read. And, and, and during this read of chapter five, how it works, it says, what is the point? And the point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. Yeah. There it is. And spiritual is super secret code metaphor for along lines of God consciousness. Yeah. Self-consciousness is not very spiritual, is it? No, not at all. There you go. But God consciousness is. Yeah. Good. I'll just answer the, I'll ask the questions. You answer them. <laughs> okay. No. So anyway, that's where we are. You know, Austin, give us some more examples of, of, of some of the struggles that you experienced or witnessed with, with some young people coming into recovery, dealing with this identity crisis. I mean, what's the point? Is, is this all there is? Right. Is this, is this the best that life has to, to offer up to me? Hey, if this is the best that life has to offer up to me, thank you. I'll take my business somewhere else. Yeah. I can go find a, a heaping tablespoon of misery somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? Yeah, no, I've seen that and witnessed that uh, multiple times, and it's, it's very unfortunate, and I've experienced it myself. Um, 
you come in, you know, young and uh, beat up from running and gunning and uh, everything's confusing. Uh, you, you, you really one thing that I've experienced is that you do really uh, lose your sense of identity along the way, um, because for me personally, um, I did a lot of things that were outside of what I consider my character, you know, and who I am and who I was and drugs and alcohol make you do all sorts of crazy things. Um, and so after years of doing that, you know, that now I show up and I'm like, you know, is that me? Is that who I am? Or is, is, am I who I think that I am? You know? Um, and you kind of have, you know, you obviously have to own all the mistakes and the things that you did. Um, but it definitely causes a lot of confusion. Now hold that, um, th- now hold that thought for a minute. Now in the 12 step program, we, we hear this little line that alcohol is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And, and you can go ahead and, and, and interchange alcohol with the devil. Yeah. The devil is cunning and baffling, and, and, and it wants to keep us confused. It wants to keep us on the edge of uncertainty. Yeah. It wants to keep us thinking, who are we, and, and what am I all about, and what's my purpose? And we talked about this earlier. When you see your friends settling down and getting married and raising children, they got a good job and a career, and... Uh, and they're living this seemingly normal life. Yeah. Right. Do you feel like hey? Um, do you feel terribly confused and, and baffled? Absolutely. It's like why? Why? You know, I know why, but you start to think, you know, why am I not there? You know, where did I go wrong, and what did I do to end up where I am now? You know, I, I took a left where they took a right. Um, what do they have that I don't? And, 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 and by the way, and we can't we can't just say because I was a drunk or a junkie, and that's why. Right. That's, that's a cop out, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's a total cop out. Like they say, the drugs and alcohol are a symptom of a deeper uh, underlying a deeper condition, underlying and, condition. And, of, an, of an insecurity. Yeah. And this insecurity is the demon of self. Yeah. Is it not? Absolutely. And like you said, <clears throat> um, you know, feeling fearful and insecure and uncertain. It's the whole goal of the devil, you know, to keep you, you know, if you're insecure and uncertain of yourself and living in fear, you can't reach your potential. And I feel like, you know, in my experience, the ultimate goal of the the devil or the adversary, whatever you want to call it, is to keep you from achieving your potential um, and and realizing your potential. I love it. And and the last thing you want to do is have any reliance on God. Right. The devil wants us to have exclusively reliance on self. Yeah, and if you don't know who the hell you are. Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, the best way to overcome uh, uh, the, the baffling reliance on self is to put the bite on others and to use others to right. serve self. Yeah. Instead of serving others, yeah. put the bite on others mm-hmm. to serve mm-hmm. self script. in order to feed others. Our identity. Yeah. Maybe you're experiencing some of that. You know, you're young still, but you're not so young, man. You've had a lot of really incredible uh, adult experiences. Absolutely. And um, yeah. you know, and again, this is not drunkalog radio here. I don't want to hear uh, all the all the countless fascinating stories of where uh, drugs and alcohol took you. Right. Again, the most fascinating part of the theme of this of this is. Uh, of this of this message of this program is there's always countless countless material on on no matter how subtle was the experience on how evil crept in to our deepest most desperate desires right to get better yeah to get better yeah yeah 
any other good juicy stories from sober living or maybe kind of just out there? Uh, you know, I'll tell you this. The, um, the, the, I see so many people come into meetings. Um, nobody comes in on a winning streak, okay? Let's no. be sure of that. Right. So, and, and, and that's great. That's, God, that's where God wants us. God wants us right there at the bottom. Why? Because we're finally um, willing to listen. Yeah, finally receptive. We're finally receptive, yep. man. And what happens at the bottom quite often is people get better. Yeah. And when they get better, they quit paying attention. They quit being so receptive. Yeah, absolutely. We spoke about that the other day. And I think for me, um, one of my bottoms was uh, out here in California. When I, when I first got out here, I relapsed. And um, all of a sudden, I'm homeless and I'm sleeping in my car, uh, you know, 2,000 miles away from home. And that's when a lot of the, you know, reality of my situation started to hit me. And um, that's when I finally really opened my ears up and started listening. I was like, damn, you know, this is... Uh, this is going to be my life if I don't change something, if I don't, uh, you know, look for another way to do this um, and stop relying on myself, you know, to think that I can I can figure this out on my own. So you had a you had a moment of clarity. Yeah. You know, there's a story called Rip Van Winkle. Right. And it's about a guy and uh, he's partying down with these miscreants up on the Hudson River and he falls asleep for 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> he, he wakes up and there's there's ghosts and spirit and paranormal, right. uh, uh, exciting stories you know interwoven in, into the story of Rip Van Winkle. But the the takeaway is, uh, you know, um, life is fleeting; it can pass you by really quick. Yeah. And there's some people that that uh, they'll spend twenty years sleeping in their car. Right. Well, that was one of those moments for me. Um, I woke up one morning in the front seat of my car, and I was like, "Dude, you know, you're 25 years, and you know this." Uh, you know, over a year ago, 25 years old, you know, and you've spent the last few years, uh, you know, swinging away at this thing. And uh, you really need to look at what you've been doing and be honest with yourself about it, if you've actually really been giving this some effort. And if you've actually been trying to do this uh, the right way and reconnecting with God. And I was like, you know, these past few years have just flown by. You know, that's when I realized, I was like, damn, you know, you really... Like you said, you got to open your ears and you got to listen uh, to try and do this differently. And just be open to God. What a what a nice way to put it, Austin. Just to be open to God. God doesn't, you know. God would love for us to worship Him, you know, twenty four seven. But you know, He knows that we're humans. Okay, we're we're human beings having a spiritual experience or trying to. Right. And uh, and just the mere fact, uh, you know, um, that you had that that moment of clarity. But the devil wants to keep you living in that car. Absolutely. The, the devil, devil crept into my ear and was like, you know, we can, you we, still got some money. We can you make can, this work. We can make this work. This is called low overhead, yeah, man. you still got AC working. Right. You're, not, you're not too far gone. You could justify this low overhead, right? Yeah, this absolutely. is low rent, I got man. no expenses now. And I can spend all my money on drugs if I want to. There you go. Um, but then, you know, something else came, you know, that in that moment of clarity. You know, I, I prayed a lot uh, while I was sleeping in my car, you know, and I think I finally surrendered. Um, and accepted the fact that I have to live God's will for myself. Oh, um, there it is. If I'm going to make any progress. There it is. Here's how so many people, listeners, overcome this most desperate, desperate moment at the bottom is we scream out and, and scream to God and say, God, help me. 
That's our moment. Yeah. And let me tell you, this screaming out to God, God help me, uh, is called intercessory prayer. And it takes many different forms, okay? Absolutely. And the moment we we reach out and we scream out, you know, and we ask God to please knock on the door again, and we promise God, I'll answer it this time if you knock on the door, you know, that's our moment. And and that's the beautiful part about recovery is everybody gets a chance at the bottom to uh, to answer that door again when yeah. God's knocking on it. Yeah. And uh and and the idea and and that's how we overcome evil, you know. Intercessory prayer yeah. is the best weapon against evil. That's why we have in the twelve step program. Even though the twelve step program is a blend between ecumenical and secular, it's a secular program. Believe me, because right. it allows anybody to conceive and adopt of a power greater than themselves. And you can call it God if you want. Yeah, it's beautiful. But we still have these prayers, and some people call them chants or mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, but they're for the purpose of uh, of warding off the evil spirits. No, these are these are for the purpose of of really protecting ourselves and yeah. keeping us mindful of evil. Right. To pray for intercessory action. That means for God to intercede on what is tempting us. Yeah. To 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 please intercede. And keep us from temptation in order to deliver us from evil. Absolutely. There it is. Wow. And uh, so you had that moment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, listen, it ain't over yet. The, the hits keep coming. Absolutely. You know, and, and by the way, Austin, you or I, you, you, know, you know, the trap may be baited again, and we may accidentally spring it. Yeah. And we may just really emotionally have the wind knocked out of us. Yeah. And, and we're told over and over again in these spiritual publications, including the big book in the 12 and 12, that this will continue to happen. Right. You know, the slip happens between the ears before it happens when we pick up and use. Yeah, that's absolutely been my experience. And, uh, and there's the deal. Oh, man. So purpose. Right. Purpose. And uh, check it out. There's this quote in the big book. We already talked about it. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and those about us. And of course, that's super secret code because the other people about us, if you think about it, that is God. Yeah. To be conscious of our fellow man is God consciousness, isn't it? Absolutely. Wow, 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 wow. Well said. Loving it. We're going to wrap up our our show here with our beloved friend Austin W. uh, talking about evil interfering in our earliest attempts at sobriety and getting better and healing. Amen. Okay, this is Toby C. This is our show. The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. Be right back. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the fourth dimension with Toby C. I'll tell you, these hours just fly by. Wow. Seriously. Winding up a two-hour show just uh, went by-bye like, you know, <laughs> boom. Yeah. It's so fun. But, uh, 
You know, I think when you're talking about God and you're talking about the antithesis of God, which is a better way, uh, which is indispensable to understanding God. Yeah. Um, you get into the zone. You know? Absolutely. And and it's and stuff it's just starts fun. to flow. Yeah. So what were we going to talk about for this final session? I'm um, isolation. Is isolation. Yeah, yeah. We were going to talk about um, you. You've had an experience, a reoccurring experience with loneliness and isolation. And um, do you think that that God, or do you think the devil, wants to keep you in loneliness and isolation? The devil, absolutely. Because, you know, when you're on your own and uh, you don't have that armor of the community uh, around you, um, that's when those thoughts creep in. That's been my experience. That's when uh, those cravings and those temptations really hold a lot of weight. Um, when you're by yourself and you've got no one to talk it out with, you've got, um, you know, no one to, to kind of help you through that. Or even, even sometimes all it is, is a distraction. You know, I've managed, you know, in previous runs of recovery to just distract myself, you know, by having, keeping people around me, it keeps my mind off of self and keeps my mind off of, uh, you know, the thoughts of just going and running and using again. And there you go, you know, so Here's the deal. Um, the devil wants to keep us alone and isolated from our fellow man. Yeah. And uh, I've I heard some old timer one time say, "When I isolate from my fellow man, I disconnect from God." Absolutely. And um, and there it is. And and the group, the unity of the group in the twelve step program, we come to learn that God is present within the group, especially in a kinship of common suffering yeah. where people are. And um, Barbara Streisand uh, saying it so well that people, people who need people are the luckiest people in the <laughs> world. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And people who don't need people are the unluckiest people in the world. Yeah, that's not a good place to be. Did you Did you experience moments where you didn't need anybody? Yeah. And or at you, least I didn't think I did. And did you experience unluckiness? Absolutely. You want to call it something else? Right. What do, you, what do you want to call it? Evil? Yeah. The devil? Yeah. You know, my worst experiences in active addiction were definitely, every single one of them were all experiences where I was alone and isolated. Um, there's always when I made the worst decisions. Um, and that's a reoccurring theme in my entire life, probably for a lot of people. Um, some of the worst decisions I've made, um, you know, even if I didn't make the decision in that moment. You didn't uh, take it to another person and discuss it, did you? No. You didn't take it to another person and get a second opinion, did you? No. You decided to go ahead and be judge, jury, and executioner all on your own, didn't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. And I think that God works through other people as well. And, you know, I've had experiences where... Um, say I've been by myself for a day or two and I've really been thinking about going out and using again. And when I kind of reunite with my friends or whoever, uh, or go to a meeting, sometimes it's it that what I've been thinking about doesn't get resolved, but something else happens that distracts me. It moves me away from that train of thought um, to where, you know, I don't end up acting on it. Um, so, you know, God works through people in ways you don't even realize. When we think about something over and over again, Austin, and we don't discuss it with another person, isn't that called obsessing about something? Absolutely. 
And and in recovery, the 12-step method, I think the name of the game is to have the obsession removed from us. Yeah. And um, you know, don't be scared, listeners, but one of the things that happens in the 12-step method of recovery, if you really open your mind and your heart and allow it to happen, it's nothing short of an exorcism. Absolutely. And you're going to read throughout the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the 12 and 12, you're going to hear words like driven right out of us. It was cast right out of us. It was expelled right out of us. We were possessed. They're going to tell you over and over again, we were possessed. And um, the possession was fear. Right. Right. And somewhere in the fourth step, it says we commence to outgrow fear at once. Yeah. And somewhere around the tenth step in the whole process, we finally have overcome and conquered fear. Of course, they call fear alcoholism, but it's just another metaphor. Absolutely. And it says alcohol, it doesn't even exist. It doesn't affect us. We feel like we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. Yeah, that spiritual uh, experience where the obsession has really been removed. Yeah. It's gone. Safe, safe and protected from heroin? Safe and protected from alcohol abuse? No, safe and protected from self. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And I don't know about you, Austin, but the maintenance of my spiritual condition involves other people. Absolutely. It involves communion and community and unity and fellowship. Yeah. I think fellowship is probably one of the most important. And as soon as, and, and uh, you know, meeting makers make it, okay? They say, right. you know, uh, and let me tell you something. Meetings are not going to get you sober, okay? A group of men are not going to get you sober. A group of women are not going to get you sober. Your sponsor is not going to get you sober. The only thing that's going to get you sober is a God of your understanding, and may you find him now. And there's something that wants to keep you and me and Austin from finding and experiencing and maintaining that connection with God. And it's the demon of self. Absolutely. You know, and and there it is, you know, and may you find him now. Wow, wow, wow. Um, what else uh, as we wind down this this show? God, it's just exhausting to talk right. about uh, good and evil. Yeah. And uh, I, I feel lot. I feel good in the studio. I feel there's a good energy in here. Yeah, I felt that. You know, I feel that we, we're talking about something good. Yeah. We're talking about something that's uncomfortable, just like a lot of our voiceovers in our, in our program talk about. <laughs> you know, we talk about uh, there is no such thing as coincidence. You can no. go ahead and call it bad luck all day long, man. Yeah. Just different ways of describing things that people don't like to talk about or people don't understand. Oh, uh, yeah. You're from the South. Yeah. You're from the Bible Belt. Absolutely. You know, there's, uh, yeah, there, you come from an area where there's a clear distinction between good and evil. Oh, yeah. No, they'll come out right out and say it. They'll <laughs> get there. right in no your face. words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I love it. Uh, I, uh, I knew some, I, well, I was related to somebody from the South. I'm not going to go into detail, but one of her favorite, one of her favorite little things was, Bless your heart. Yeah. And she really meant a lot of other things that she really wanted to tell you that she felt about you. (laughs) But that was her way of of kind of sugarcoating, just say, bless your heart, honey. Right. At least you didn't let the devil in. (laughs) Austin, thank you so much for joining me for the last couple of hours here on our show, The Fourth Dimension. How fun to talk about good and evil and um, the resistance, the evil resistance that awaits all of us in early, especially in early recovery. Thank you so much. 
Yep, Hope you join us again me. soon. Absolutely. God bless. I'm Toby C. It's our show, The Fourth Dimension. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. 